father's lightsaber. What? Lightsabers, precious? Welcome to What's Lightsabers Precious? The Lord of the Rings and Star Wars Encyclopodcast, where we waste time on fictional wikis. I'm Ryan. And I'm Joanna. How's your week in Star Wars? My week in Star Wars has been frustrating. Oh, I can tell. You're so angry. Your brows are doing like this grr thing. It's all bunching up over your nose. I got this anime vein in my forehead. Boom, 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 boom. Surprised no no anime character ever had an aneurysm. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that that show's kind of like hypertension or something, right? Yeah, definitely. No, but I'm mad at Star Wars fans because... I don't know if you know this, but they suck. Star Wars sometimes. fans or like a small fraction okay, thereof? Okay, okay. Dial should... it back a second because I think a lot of Star Wars fans listen to this podcast. I think we just lost like half of our listeners. Yeah, easily. No, it's you're right. It's a small and vocal minority of very bad fans. The big news in Star Wars this week is that Kelly Marie Tran, the actress who played Rose in The Last Jedi, mm-hmm. has been basically scared off of Instagram. No! Because she was getting harassed by Star Wars fans. About what? About her character, about the movie that she was in, how she's ruining Star Wars. She's ruining Star She personally? She's just an actress. I know. Kind of make her into a straw woman because they are sexist and racist and they see her as the SJWing up of the Star Wars franchise and how her part was pointless in the movie and lots of, lots of hate. You got lots of hate. Even if that was true, which I don't think it is. I it's think it's not. some sexist nonsense. Anybody who, like, unironically talks about how much they hate SJWs is, like, not somebody you need to pay attention to at all. Yeah. Even if that was true, again, she's just an actress. Like, she didn't write the part. Yep. She didn't make the decision to include that character. No. She's just an actress. Well, that's the thing. Even on Twitter, people being like, leave, leave Kelly Marie Tran alone. People are like... You know, well, it's not her fault, but the script was terrible. It's like, well, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's no excuse to harass somebody on social media. Thankfully, people are coming to her defense. Mark Hamill said, get a life, nerds. Seriously, get a life. Yeah. I mean, really just mean, racist stuff that I don't even want to read on the podcast. So, Wow, that is pretty heinous. If you're one of those Star Wars fans that is all red and angry about... Rose and Kelly Marie Tran, please stop listening to my podcast. Yeah, can I just say, if you have ever harassed and said horrible things to somebody based on, like, some fandom disagreements or what they like and what you like and how those things differ, shut up. Like, get off our podcast. Goodbye. And, like, F off while you're at it. Also, episode eight was good, so shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. I mean, that could be a matter of opinion. But regardless of whether you loved it or hated it, there's no reason to harass somebody. It's a good movie. I liked it too. But that's my that's my rage corner. That's my that's my rant for the day. Wow. Make sure to share, like, subscribe to get more of my angry rants. More of your hot takes. My hot takes. The hottest takes you ever did. Being hear. sexist and racist is bad. Hot, hot take. Hot take. <laughs> people who harass people on Instagram are losers. Hot, hot take. take.
I'm so glad we're starting this off on such an angry note. This is really promising. Oh, I gotta get my anger out. Ugh, because I'm a feminist cuck. <laughs> that you are, my dear. Okay. That you are. Do we have any less angrifying Lord of the Rings Yeah, news? this isn't really angry at all. So, remember a few weeks ago, there were rumors that Amazon had approached Peter Jackson to be involved in their Lord of the Rings series. Peter Jackson had an interview with a German outlet called Allo Kine. Allo! Allo! So he said he did have a phone conversation with Amazon like a year ago. And he said that it sounds like they're doing the right thing with the show and they have great intentions with it. But he doesn't want to be the one responsible for the TV series because he's never done a long-term TV series before. So he just doesn't think it would be a very smart move. He's done plenty of long-form movies. That are like practically a TV (laughs) series. But no, he doesn't want that responsibility. But he says he is involved in, quote-unquote, putting the creative team together, whatever that means. So involved, but like kind of not. Okay. Um, also, he said that the rumor about him being involved or asked to be involved with the DC Extended Universe is also not true. Okay. He says he's never read comic books and he like has no interest in them at all. So that's not something that he's involved in. Comic books are for Neds. Yeah, because Peter Jackson is like such a Chad, I'm right? a total Chad. <laughs> I don't read comic books. They're for Neds. I'm not a Ned. I love your New Zealand accent so much. It's all on your nose. This is basically like Taiko Atiti like every single yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Peter Jackson. That's a, that's a direct quote from Peter Jackson. I put my team together. No nerds. <laughs> that's shit. Creative director. Yeah. Not a nerd. We have an art director. Not a nerd. Lord of the Rings. Famously hostile towards nerds. No nerds allowed. Famously nerd incompatible. So that's fine. Yeah, so that's fine. But what's even finer. Yeah. Is wizards. Wizards. Wizards are so fine. Wizards are foin. They're foin. They're foin. They live in the magical world with brooms and sweets. Is that what you think of? So what do you think of when you think of wizards? Where do you think the concept of wizards started? What are its origins? And what do you think of Tolkien's wizards? Uh, So the origin of wizards is that the first time a baby learned a card trick, magic was born into the world. And the laugh that the baby made when the card trick was completed shattered off into crystals, and the crystals became wizards. And the wizards grew in power from there the more the babies were impressed by card tricks. Interesting. It's magic Interesting. and illusions, and it all comes from a baby's laugh. That's an interesting theory, Ryan. It's also very stupid. Oh, okay. Because that's what happened at all. I mean, I'm not talking about talking, I'm talking real life. You're talking in real life. I don't know, like we're real life, real life wizards. Real life wizards, Actual yeah. people who are actual wizards. I don't know. I think I think just like the wise old man has been a trope for hundreds of years and mm-hmm. maybe Merlin became an archetype of that. I don't know. But in Tolkien's universe, the wizards are more properly known as Istari, which means those who have knowledge, which is basically the exact same meaning as wizard in English. Right. The Astari were some of the many spirits that descended into Valinor when Arda first began. Specifically, they were lesser stature than the Valar. Still powerful, but like second tier. Okay. And they were called Maiar, which we've discussed before, right? Sauron's one, right? Yes, Sauron. Yes. So, some of the Maiar we've mentioned before include... Osei, who is the one who persuaded some of the Teleri to hang around the western coast of Middle-earth instead of going to Valinor. Sure. Melian, who was married to Thingol and was queen of Doriath and put her girdle around Doriath. Right. 
of course, Sauron. Yeah. And also the Balrogs. Oh, really? Or Belrig, as you would say in Sindarin, because Sindarin is messed up. So, wait. Wizards are, are Maiar. Yes. And so is a Balrog. And so is a Balrog. And so Gandalf, getting pulled underground by a Balrog... Was basically like, a sweet Maiar fight. Brother! Yeah, exactly. Come down to hell with me! Exactly. Wow, okay. Yeah. That changes that whole scene for me now. It kind of does, doesn't it? And now, um... I don't think that we mentioned this, but the highest-ranked Balrog in Sauron's army was called Gothmog. Gothmog. And you know he can't be good with a name like Gothmog. Yeah, his parents really set him up for that, didn't they? Yeah. Like... A life of of Balrogging. Oh, our son Gothmog, I can just tell he's going to be a great pediatrician someday. (laughs) Dr. Gothmog. Dr. Gothmog. Attorney at law. Doctor? Because he's both. Oh, wow. He has his doctorate in law. Get you a Balrog who can do both. Yeah, so anyway, also a Maiar. Each of the Maiar was attached to the quote-unquote people of a particular Vala. So, for example, the Maya Ose was a spirit of the sea, so Ose belonged to the people of Olmo, right? God of the sea. Okay. Whereas Kurumo, who we will talk about in a second, belonged to the people of Auli the smith. Okay. So they're each associated with one major god. The Istari were sent from Valinor to Middle-earth after the first millennium of the Third Age, so specifically in the year 1000 of the Third Age. And their job was to aid the free peoples of Middle-earth against the rise of Sauron. So the question is, why did the Valar choose these particular Maiar for this task? Why? Why these guys? I don't know. Oh. So I think that they might just have been the wisest Maiar available. Well, Valar move in mysterious ways. Yes. BT dubs. While there were five chief wizards sent to Middle-earth, there were actually a whole bunch of minor wizards as well. Ooh, what? Yeah. But they didn't do anything important, apparently, because we never hear about them, so we won't talk about them. Are they around in the Third Age times? Yeah, maybe? I don't know who they would be. We never meet any of them in Lord of the Rings, so maybe they kept a low profile. A lesser wizard? Lesser How many are we talking? I have no idea. It just says many. Many? Many, many. That could be... That's a pretty vague number. I know. That could be, like, ten of them? Or it could be, like... A thousand, a thousand of, them. of them. Tens of thousands of minor wizards. Maybe every character in Lord of the Rings is a minor wizard. Well, maybe minor... But what exactly is the extent of the powers of minor wizards? Is it blowing smoke rings? Is, is 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 Bilbo a minor wizard because he blew a smoke ring? Yeah. Is Butterbeer a minor wizard because he can cook? Butterbeer? Butterbeer. You're getting your wizards mixed I, up. Well, Butterbeer isn't a wizard in Harry Potter. It's a drink. Yeah. Hot take. Minor wizards. <laughs> yeah. So, but there were five main Oh, ones. I know who the minor wizards are. Oh, do you? Who? The dwarves, because they're mining all the time. Minor wizards! Ba-dum-tsh. Can you insert a, like, proper ba-dum-tsh. No. Can you insert, like, a Big Bang Theory laugh track? <laughs> Bazinga! Bazinga! Okay. So, the Astari went to Middle-earth disguised as men, but, like, they... Mm, they kind of screwed up that disguise because they were so pretty and otherworldly that people thought they were elves. Oh, well, I mean, that's still good. I mean, still pretty good guys because elves are a thing that exists in Middle-earth. But even though people mistook them for elves, it says that they came in forms weak and humble, the forms of old men. 
Because okay. they were less threatening. So I guess they were like really beautiful, otherworldly old men. <laughs> Bishy old dudes. Bishy yeah. grandpas. Ooh, baby. Hot, hot grandpas. Hot grandpas. <laughs> so these five hot grandpas went to Middle Earth. Five hot grandpas <laughs> of Middle Earth. The fate of Middle Earth lies in the hands of five hot grandpas <laughs> with attitude. <laughs> so first, let's go through the five major ones. So first there was Ali, the Smith's wizard, Kudumo. Kudumo. And Kudumo's hair was, quote, raven black, which I know don't sound like no old man, but apparently he went gray later. He was the chief of the order and the most powerful, and his voice was like butter. Is that what it said? It said that it was really smooth and nice to listen to, and that basically after you listen to that voice, everything else sounded like crap. All right. His voice was very nice. When he got to Middle Earth, he was called Kuranir by the elves and... Saruman by oh, the men. Wait a minute. Both of which meant man of skill. Saruman's got white hair. Well, yeah, I said later it went, well, okay, it went gray and then it went white. That's okay. the normal progression of okay, hair sure. when you're a foxy old man. So you can, oh wow. So but it started out raven black. When he was first form hot grandpa Saruman. This is like, hot grandpa with raven black hair. Dang. Raven black fox, not a silver fox. And he's got Christopher Lee's voice coming out of him. Which mm. is like butter. I think we can agree. Like, after you listen to Christopher Lee's voice, everybody else's voice sucks. It's kind of scary butter, but it's still butter. Scary butter. I can't, I can't believe it. Scary butter. Ah! Ah! Yee! Now, when Saruman was about to leave Valinor, the goddess Yavanna pulled him aside and was like, I want to send a wizard too. And Saruman was like, okay. And she was like, take this guy with you. And she shows him this little fella called Iwendio, which means friend of birds. And Saruman thought that was pretty lame, but whatever. <laughs> you can't turn down a goddess. That's very lame. So he took Iwin Deal with him, and after they got to Middle Earth, men started calling Iwin Deal Radagast, okay. which is Adunaic for tender of beasts. The brown. The brown the poopy wizard. brown hot grandpa. <laughs> You're the one that says poopy brown all the time. <laughs> Nobody else called him poopy brown. <laughs> Grow up, Ryan. He's covered in bird poop. He in is. He is. I actually liked that. Yeah, I did too. I mean, like, I don't know if other people did, but I did. Yeah. Saruman never grew to like Radagast. I was basically calling him an idiot all the time. And it's I like, oh, he's a halfway. Well, he's Peter stupid. Jackson used that in The Hobbit. He, he did. He did. He just muddled his mind with mushrooms. Yeah, Saruman really looked down on Radagast. But Radagast, for his part, didn't care about yeah. anything. Like, he didn't care about the mission. Oh, right. Basically, after a very short while, he stopped trying to unite the peoples of Middle-earth against Sauron. and was just like, no! Aminals! Okay. And just, like, didn't try to defeat Sauron in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. So Radagast just, like, didn't give a crap after a while. No, I, I respect that, though. I respect that. that. That's probably the wizard I relate the most to, because mm-hmm. I think in that situation, I, too, would be like, well, you know, like, it's pretty much hopeless. We're all gonna die, so I'm just gonna hang out with the Aminals. Yeah, this will be around after Sauron takes over. Yeah. It'll be fine. Next, we have Manwe's wizard. Remember, Manwe was the king of the mm-hmm, gods. Mm-hmm. And his wizard's name was Olorin. And Olorin's name comes from the elvish word Olori, which means dreams. Okay. Because Olorin would kind of wander through the forests invisible, checking out the elves all day. And once in a while, he would secretly drop a bit of wisdom on them. But because he'd made himself invisible, the elves were like, this knowledge came to me in a dream. Oh, I see. Or I'm hearing voices. Yeah, right. I'm, you know, schizo- I'm schizophrenic. Yeah. <laughs> one or the other. He was gaslighting people into thinking they were schizophrenic. He would just like, come into the village and like drop a hot take. And he'd be like, a hot dog is a sandwich. <laughs> and then leave. And he'd be like, my goodness, a hot dog is a sandwich. And then they'd lock that person up. Too, like, too hot. Too hot. Too hot. Too hot. Too hot. So even though he was Manwe's wizard... 
Olorin spent a lot of time with Nyena, who you remember is Valinor's number one crybaby. Crybaby. Right? So as a result, he became exceptionally sorrowful, but also exceptionally empathetic. Okay. He was also the wisest of the Maiar. Can you guess which wizard we're talking about here? G-G-Gandalf. It's G-G-G-Gandalf. Or Gandalf. No, Gandalf. Gandalf. It's not Gandalf. It's Gandalf. It's supposed to be, like, more the accent on the second syllable, but I suck at saying it, so, like, don't imitate what I'm trying well, to I'm do. I'm just imagining... I just know that it's not Gandalf. I'm just imagining a Gundam with an elf's head. Yeah, and that's essentially what they were going it's, it's for. It's a Gundalf. Yeah, can you think of, like, a foxier grandpa than that? No way. I can't either. <laughs> so, like I said, Gandalf spent a lot of time with elves, and the people of Middle-earth mistook the story for elves, just generally. So the name they gave him, Gandalf, actually means wand elf. Okay. An elf with wand. All right. What el- What is a wizard but an elf with wand, right? It's basically no difference. It's kind of racist. Well... It's not racist if it's true, Ryan. Yeah, stereotypes are based on stereotypes facts. Stereotypes are based on facts? Actually? You want to talk about hot takes? There's a hot take for you. Yeah, all... I'm all, not racist. All wizards are just elves with wands. I'm not racist, but... Not trying to be racist, but... Some of my best friends are wizards. It's fine. It's fine. It's cool. They told me it was fine. It should be noted also that Gandalf has, like, an ass billion names. So the dwarves called him Tharkun, which means Staff Man. Staff Man. <laughs> I love Staff Man. Staff Man! Staff Man! That's all ever. <laughs> the elves called him Mithrandir, which means Grey Wanderer. And I have to say, I love how the elves' name for him is like all poetic, and dwarves' name for him is just like Man with Staff. <laughs> So it's, it's true, though. It's true. The dwarves are just very direct. The Haradrim of the South, when he went down there, they called him Incanus, which means alien. Oh. Like as in foreign or not as in space alien. <laughs> or North Spy. So he probably wasn't too well received around those parts. Yeah. The Mouth of Sauron, who wasn't in the theatrical edition of Return of the King and whom we haven't talked about yet. But anyway, we will someday. He's a mouthy man with teeth. Yep. The uh, Mouth of Sauron called him Old Grey Beard because he was old and he had a gray beard. Is that an actual name, though? Is that just him dissing Gandalf? Kind of sounds like it's just a pejorative, but yeah. anyway, that's what he called him. Men sometimes called him the White Rider after he became Gandalf the White and was racing around on Shadowfax. Sure. Men also sometimes called him Stormcrow, which was also actually another pejorative name, referring to the fact that he always seemed to show up right before something terrible happened. Oh. So you'll remember Theoden in the movie saying, Why should I welcome you, Gandalf Stormcrow? When he was under the spell of Saruman and Grima Wormtongue. Right. So he's basically saying, like, Why should I welcome you? You're definitely bringing bad news. You're a harbinger. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Speaking of Grima Wormtongue, he also called Gandalf Spell. I think once. Not in the movies, in the book. I didn't know what the hell that meant, so I looked it up. It's apparently an old English word meaning bad news. Okay. In fact, it's the exact opposite of the word gospel, which means good news. So gospel, Spell. All right, interesting. Yeah. We don't have all day, so here's the rest of the name. So Gandalf the Grey, Gandalf the White, Gandalf the Wandering Wizard, Gandalf Greyhaim, and the Grey Pilgrim. Okay. So he had a lot of names, because he was very well known among the various peoples of Middle-earth. Do you have any more names for Gandalf you can make up? That I can make up? Like, what? what yeah, what, what would the eagles know him as? Mm, they would probably know him as 
Gray Burden. Gray Burden? Because I'm going to carry him around all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or... Little Mothy Whispers. Little Mothy... Little Mothy Whispers. That's that sounds name. like a weird Mafia name. Yeah. Hey, it's Little Mothy Whispers! Hey, I'm walking hey, in! get out of here! I'm flying in! Send a moth to talk to me! Hey. I've been listening to a podcast that's about the mob oh, recently, yeah. so it's, like, kind of on my mind. But anyway. What would the goblins call him? Um, they would probably call him... Old meat. <laughs> because they view all non-goblin creatures, and probably some goblin creatures, as food. Gray old meat. Oh, gray, gray old meat. Old gray meat. <laughs> old gray meat. <laughs> Sounds repulsive. But goblins are repulsive. All right. Yeah. What are the orcs know him as? I mean, same. Same oh, thing. old gray meat? Old gray meat. <laughs> Which is back on the menu, boys. <laughs> old gray meat's back on the menu, boys. Your favorite. <laughs> the old gray meat. <laughs> num num. One more thing to say about Gandalf. Unlike Saruman, he was not into himself at all. In fact, when the Valar first wanted to send him to Middle-earth, he was like, me? I'm nobody. And he didn't want to go because he didn't think he was powerful enough. Aw. I know. But we know better. You're Believe in yourself, Gandhi. You're the hottest grandpa of all. You're the hottest grandpa of number one hot grandpa in my heart. All right, so you're talking about hot grandpa Gandalf, old <laughs> yes. gray meat. Let's continue. Yes. Okay, so we've covered the three wizards most people are familiar with. So you're thinking, who the hell is left, right? Yeah, who's left? Well, sit tight because things get a little speculative here. I want to finish this boy band of hot grandpas. All right, well, I have to tell you about these last two, but just know that like a lot of this is not set in stone. So when Saruman went to Middle-earth, he didn't just take little Radagast, little Raddy with him. Mm-hmm. He also took two blue wizards called Alatar and Palando. Maybe. Maybe they were called that. We actually don't know for sure. So those names are only mentioned super briefly in some of the notes in Tolkien's Unfinished Tales. Oh, okay. And there are some other names given elsewhere, like... Romestamo and Morinetar, but we will stick with Alatar and Palando for now because those are easier for me to say. So when he first came to Middle-earth, Saruman journeyed far, far into the unknown exotic east. And he had Alatar and Palando with him. Maybe. Again, maybe. everything here is maybe. Saruman came back from that journey. Alatar and Palando did not, so... He killed them. I say exactly my theory. That's not actually a theory that anybody credible has put forth. <laughs> but that's my theory is that he just murdered them. A murder most foul of um, a hot grandpa or Yes, two. hot grandpa murdering two other hot grandpas. There oh. can only be one hot grandpa <laughs> in this brave new world. Oh, no. A more likely theory, though, is that Alatar and Palando tried to stay behind to win over the Easterlings and get them to unite against Sauron. Yeah, okay. They did a real bad job of it, though. Well, they did. So there's this part in the musical, The Book of Mormon, where the main <laughs> character is singing this really grand song to explain how great Mormonism is to, like, this insane African warlord, right? Yeah. I imagine it went down kind of like that for yeah. Alatar and Palando. Not only did they not unite the Easterlings, they actually threw them into complete disarray and confusion. Good job, guys. However... Even though this was totally counter to their stated mission, this actually may have ended up being an advantage because during the War of the Ring, the Easterlings were presumably weaker because they were in disarray. Okay. And it's kind of impossible to say if the Western forces would have survived their attack if they'd been fully united Mm, against them. Interesting. So, you know, like, maybe they did help, just not in the way they expected. All right, so Alatar and Palando beefed it. 
Radagast didn't give a crap. So basically, and one's totally evil. So. Yeah, and we all know that Saruman turned evil. He wasn't evil to begin with. A little prideful, a little bit haughty, but not evil. So the takeaway from this story is that Gandalf was the only wizard who actually stuck to the mission. He had to be dead for 20 days in the process and, like, rise again and be transfigured like the Jesus symbol he is, but mm-hmm. at least he did something. And for his troubles, he was able to go back to Valinor in the year 3021 of the Third Age. What's interesting is, obviously, Saruman did not go back. No. Um, Alatar and Palandal, uh, who knows? Radagast, nobody knows. But okay. we do know that Gandalf went back. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. When... Saruman, I know at some point Saruman becomes Saruman of many colors! Yes, he does. He does. Which is not in the Peter Jackson film. It's not. um, It is in the Bakshi version. It is a hilarious. It is a hoot. It is hilarious. So yeah, so for a while there was no the white, which is interesting because by convention the white was the leader of the order. Uh So for like eight or nine months there was no leader. And then Gandalf died and was transfigured and he became the white. So then by convention, he would have been the leader of the order, which at that point consisted of like him and Radicast, basically. And two guys out in the East who may or may not be dead. Yeah, exactly. And also this jerk who's wearing an amazing Technicolor dream coat. Yeah. One thing I want to point out at the end here, I don't know if you noticed this, but okay. Sauron was a mire of Ali the Smith and turned evil. Right. Saruman was a mire of Ali the Smith and turned evil. The Noldor elfin followers of Ali the Smith turned, if not evil, then certainly quite dickish. They were jerks, yeah. So my question is, like, Ali, what's up, buddy? He's kind of evil, maybe. He's actually not. Okay, the article I was reading took great pains to emphasize that, like, even though this is the case, Ali himself was not evil. He was a good man. But it seems like they're just kind of protesting too much. Like, who are you trying to convince? He's the only common denominator. You know, like, when someone gets in, like, a bunch of bad relationships and it's like, I just can't find anyone I like. It's like, well... Maybe you might be the problem. Right? Ali's like, why can't I just find somebody? Why can't I find an apprentice who, like, appreciates me for me and, like, doesn't try to dominate the world? And it's like, Ali, That's kind of your type, bud. It's kind of your type. I think he goes for people that, like, are maybe a little bit power hungry. I, I, I think he admires their ambition. Yeah. He's like, you're going to make some fine plate mail. And they're like, yeah, plate mail. That's of course, yeah. Make. That's what I'm going to do with this. Yeah, yeah, that's totally the end goal I'm here. not going to make tools to destroy the world. No big deal. Yeah. So, I just wanted to point that out. Ali the Smith's got, like, an interesting credit report. Yeah. Here. Yeah, not not great. Yeah. But that's the takeaway. So, that is the wizards. Wow, wizards are cool. I love wizards. You didn't mention Hogwarts, though. I did You know what? Hogwarts was the extended universe. That's a later oh, edition. Oh, okay, okay. So, it's not, you know, it's not technically canon. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. So, what are you going to tell me about today? You told me you were talking about wizards and magic. Mm-hmm. And Star Wars, as a science fantasy series, is full of magic as well. Which is weird to me. Well... I didn't think of it... I thought of it more as like a technological civilization, not so much a magic one. But then again, the Force is kind of this spiritual, hippy-dippy, semi-magic thing. Right. And that's what it takes the form of in Star Wars. And so today I'm talking about the Witches of Dathomir. Witches of Dathomir. Now, if you remember last episode, if you listened to that one, we talked about... Charal, the evil Charo. lady from Battle of Endor. Yeah, Charo. Charo, yeah. Charo. Charo. And she yeah, she played her guitar on Pee-wee's Christmas special and was actually <laughs> a witch of Dathomir. All this time. They retconned her back into one. But okay. do you know anything about the witches of Dathomir? No, but I imagine them as being like 
this weird order. They're almost like nuns, but like evil. You're not too far off, but let me let me tell you a story first about you know, a bit of a legend that they have. Our story starts 600 years before the Battle of Yavin. Okay. A Jedi knight named Alia was banished to the wilderness planet of Dathomir to meditate on the Force in exile. Did she do something bad, or they're just like, you need to meditate more? You got a real anger problem, you need to meditate. The story is not clear, but she was sent there to just be alone in solitude and focus on her mind. Okay. But this planet was not as unoccupied as they thought, because when she arrived, she found a hidden population of other exiles. (gasps) These are humans who found themselves prey to the apex predator of Dathomir, the thing it's known for the most, the Rancors. Oh, the Rancors are from Dathomir? Yes. Why were these other people exiled there? Was it like Australia, where there were a bunch of people from debtors? It actually did talk about how it was like a penal colony, perhaps, at one point. Okay. History is not exactly clear. Dathomir legend has it that Alia, the Jedi Knight, took leadership over this group as the lone woman among a rabble of helpless men. Really? Why were there no women? I guess. Was it men's prison? Might have been a men's prison. I don't know. She was able to tame the wild rancors with the Force, impressing the male population with her abilities. In time, the more willing of the men became her slaves, and less cooperative became snacks for her new pets. <laughs> so she got a little dark-sided. A little bit. Favored slaves were offered the chance to become mates to Alia, in knowledge that they, if they fathered any sons, they'd be fed to the rancors as well. Hashtag feminism. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. kidding, just Again, kidding. I'm all about that milking yeah. feminism today. Yeah. Um, the boys were raised by other slaves to become slaves themselves, whereas the daughters of Alia were raised by her and trained in the ways of the Force. Oh, so it was like this Amazon kind yeah. of tribe. Yeah, and the daughters became Rancor riders as well, in perfect symbiosis with their mounts, following the Book of Law, which was a codification of the moral and ethical laws that Alia wished for her daughters to follow. Okay. Or so the legend says. Oh, but we don't know for sure. We're not really it's sure. Like Alatar and Palando. Maybe? Yeah. So, but this was 600 years ago, and it was... 600 years ago isn't that long ago in historical terms, but I guess re- good records I were... mean, this is a kind of off-the-charts planet. Like, there's no written history. There's It's, like, really isolated. Rancors live there. There's no one living there. So is this, like, Alia herself said this is how it went down? Well, this, this legend's passed down through her daughters and their, and their descendants. Oh, okay, okay. But we don't know how it actually went down. Yeah. Okay. So around the time of the Battle of Yavin, these women, now called the Witches of Dathomir, mm-hmm. had descended into about 12 distinct tribes. And each claimed to be descended from a different daughter of Alia. Okay, it's like the tribes of Israel. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. And they're all named after a different landmarks. So, for example, the Singing Mountain Clan, the Frenzied River Clan, the Red Hills Clan, name a few. Yeah. And each had their own interpretation of the Book of Law that Alia wrote and how best to use the Force and interact with their environment. I could read some bits from the from the Book of Law here. Sure, let's hear it. So it goes, Daughters of Alia, learn these words and learn them well, for they are the foundations that will increase your strength and keep you safe from harm. Those who suffer emotion will never enjoy peace. Those who choose ignorance will never know their own greatness. Those who yield passion will fail to dominate. Those who fear death will never achieve pure power. Never forget that your magic must always be used wisely. Never concede to evil, lest you be consumed by it. To be honest, it kind of sounds like evil, evil Buddhism. A little bit. It's kind you know, of... Like, it, it like has the Buddhist precepts, but instead of being like, this is the way to peace, it's like, this is the way to power. power. Yeah. It's kind of an inversion of the, of the Jedi Code. I should say, though, that these women are not considered evil. It sounds kind of evil. They're pretty neutral. Okay. They, they, they kind of reject the Jedi and the Sith. They are their own thing. Like uh, Ahsoka. 
Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So each of these clans has a fortified village near its titular landmark. Matriarchs in these clans could get really old, a century or more. Is that normal for Force-sensitive people? Uh-huh. And in exceptional circumstances, they could be close to 400 years old. What? Yeah. Is that something we know for a fact, or is that also legend? Uh, well, or is that also like in the Bible where they're like, this guy lived 658 years? Well, yeah, there's examples of it in the Clone Wars cartoon even, which I'll, I'll get to in a minute. I should mention right off the bat, most of this stuff is from legends. But there are some things that have become canon, which I will get I to in a minute. I thought the Clone Wars cartoon generally had become canon. It has, but I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Are you saying, what about the men? Procreate. But what about men? What about men? But what about men, night witches? What about man witches? <laughs> man witches. Well, it turns out in the Dathomir witch culture, men were only used for breeding and slave labor. Oh, and yikes. they're clad no more than leather aprons or scanty tunics. <laughs> so basically, like, they made them all dress really slutty. Yep. And wow. neither they nor the women who commanded them realized they still had the same latent force powers as the women. So they also were force sensitive. They were. Like her Aliyah's male, male children. Yes. Would have been. They would have been. Because they're all just, they claimed to all be descended from this one woman and her many breeding her husbands. Many sort of concubines. Yes. Typically, the warriors of these clans, they respected to find mates by capturing runaways or slaves from other clans. But the leading clan sisters could purchase men from each other. Oh. And if Jeez. a mate cannot be persuaded to love his owner, the equivalent of an amicable divorce could be enacted by selling him to another woman. The only way one of these men could go free was if he saved the life of a woman in his clan. Mm. A life for a life. Do you think they ever, like, purposely set it up to imperil one of the women just so they could rescue them and get their freedom? I wonder. Maybe. Like, they put some marbles on the floor or yeah. whatever next to, like, an open dishwasher full of knives. Yeah. And just, like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then they, they step in and save her. They're like, careful, you could have died. She's like, you're free now. You're free. <laughs> My life debt is secure. Maybe. I never think about that. You know? That's what I would do. Maybe. If I were a man. Yeah. Not even if I were a man on that planet. That's just what I would do if I were a man in general. <laughs> just in life. Even in this, on this planet. Yeah, just in life. So traps for women and then save them from <laughs> and traps. And save <laughs> to win my freedom. I think I read that in a pickup artist book. Yeah, set, that's definitely one of the steps. Set traps and then neg them. That's exactly um, where I got that specific trap. Yeah. <laughs> but those are the men. The women were warriors. They would train in combat and force powers, which they knew as spells, because they were witches, yeah. and also bonded with their rancors, which okay. they rode on their backs. Oh, cute. They had symbiotic relationship. So they, the rancors could hunt better with them on their backs, and they could obviously kill things a lot better with a pet rancor underneath them. Now, why so. could they hunt better? With them on their backs. Because, because of their force perception yes, of things? Yes, they have better eyesight, they have better senses of things. Okay. So they help the rancor find good foods. Ooh, good eats. So, you know, they're not entirely evil, but if you did use any dark side abilities, it would result in exile from the <gasps> witch's clans. Okay, so I guess they weren't evil. No. Because you weren't allowed to be dark-sided. Even though it's kind of dark-sided keeping men as slaves. Yeah. I know it's not like dark-sided abilities, but it's dark-sided like just nor morally normal, wrong, normal right? dark-sided. Yeah. Most of these exiles would kind of go off into the woods by themselves and just be hermits alone, but some of them banded together and formed a group called the Night Sisters. Oh. And there's only ever one clan of Night Sisters at any given time, and they're always full of all the exiles, the dark side users of the Dathomir witches. And they didn't follow the Book of Law from Alia, they followed the Book of Shadows. Ooh. Scary, right? Isn't that the name of, like, the second Blair Witch Project movie? Yes, it okay, is. Cool. They're big fans of that Huge one. Huge fans. Most people slept on that one, but they love it. They're like, no, this is better than the first Seriously, one. Seriously, it's improvement. You just underrated, okay? Yeah. <laughs> 
instead of using normal force powers, they did what they called shadow magic. Or they knew it as Alien magic. Because they saw it as the most pure form of Alia's power. Even though it was Alia who was like, hey, don't do that. Right. Hmm. Mm. They used force illusions. They did mind messing. They could mess with your mind, cloud it, change your mm. thoughts. They could also have the ability to infuse creatures and weapons with strength and even raise the dead. Raise the dead? Make like, zo- you make zombies. Oh, zombies. Okay, I was going to say, like, are they restored to normal, or are they, like, these shambling monsters? Depends when they res- resurrected them. Oh, so if they resurrected them, like, years later, yeah. it's like, you know, a skeleton playing xylophone on its ribcage. Exactly. But, <laughs> yeah. but if it's, like, the next day, then maybe it's, like, you smell a bit, but you're basically the yeah, way you were yeah. before. You're pretty normal. Yeah. You know, quite a pallid, you know, complexion. complexion and you're but, a little stiff, but... Otherwise, okay. Yeah. Unlike the other witches of Dathomir, they derive their power from a spirit ichor deep in the heart of Dathomir. Ichor. This green ichor that they would uh, it was all, contain all the spirits of the dead and the living and the, the powers oh of the Oh my god. Yes. Is every planet like that or just Dathomir's Dathomir? is kind of a magic place. Dathomir's weird, man. Yeah. They rejected the concepts of good and evil, which you'd say, okay, they're pretty evil. They're but pretty evil, sounds like. They said took on a shamanistic society that called upon the twin energies of their deities, the winged goddess and the thanged god. Whoa. The winged goddess governed fertility and growth, and she was a patron of magic and conjuring, divination, healing, mesmerism, things like that. Dope. Whereas the Fang God governed virility in the hunt. He was the patron of the wilds and physical combat. Interesting. So in tandem, they were like good, they were fighters as well as, you know, magic users. Right. Yes. And they had designs of galactic domination. That was their plan. We're going to spread our word. We're going to get rid of the Jedi and the Sith. We're going to spread. Just make everything kind of, you know, a tricky gray area. Tricky gray area. But they were kept in check. Not only by the other clans of witches, but the Jedi Order enforced an interdiction field around Dathomir. Interdiction? It's a technology that makes it so any hyperdrive technology is deactivated when you enter Dathomir space. Oh, I thought it would just be like you interrupt people when they're talking. It is that too. You interdict. You interdict them. Because <laughs> you're an interdickhead. Um, so no ships could enter hyperspace leaving Dathomir until they got a certain distance away. And so anytime they try to escape, the Jedi are like, no, 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 no. Go back home. Go back. Go back to your place. This isn't your place. So very few night, night sisters or witches at all ever left Dathomir. Interesting. They're kind of kept contained on their planet. But then, but that's why Charo was an exception because they right. got a hold of the one plane that they flew very badly one time. Exactly. And exactly. And so, Dathomir was near Endor. Not really. They're kind of in other sides of the galaxy. She tra- really? she traveled with those those pirates for a while. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, she was reckoned into being a night sister. And like I mentioned before, she stole one of their relics, which is the Talisman of the Raven. Yeah. So they had these talismans, these powerful artifacts that they would use to enhance their magic. So there's one like, called the Talisman of Age, that if worn, could restore your youth. Ooh. There's one called the Talisman of Findings, so you could find what you desire in the galaxy. There, she should have stolen the Talisman of Better Wigs. Yeah, definitely. Her the, wig was not very good. <laughs> the Talisman of Good Follicles. Yeah, yeah. There's the Talisman of Resurrection, Reviving the Dead. So all kinds of magic powers. Oh, I want that one. Definitely. I want to revive the dead. Yeah, definitely. If I could have, like, one magic power, it would definitely be reviving the dead. I know most people would say, okay, that's, like, the most fraught. That's, like, the most morally gray. Like, when things die, you should just leave them dead. Yeah. But I don't really care. (laughs) You're a perfect night sister, Joanna. I am. During the Clone Wars, however, some of the night sisters were able to get off the world and be became mercenaries, trained in combat and magic, so they could serve as bodyguards, assassins, and soldiers. During this time, they are led by a very radical leader called Mother Talzin. Whoa. 
she wrote a holy book called Wild Power, which is where most of this information comes from. Because this see. this book, an excerpt from it, was actually published. In oh, 2012, yeah? there was a book called Book of the Sith that came out. And a big section of it is Mother Talzin's book. But they weren't Sith, though. Really? No, no. But what's cool about this book is it's like their journals and everything, like written by Sith lords and Night Sisters and stuff. And in the margins, there's all these uh, annotations from yeah. different characters. So, like, the whole story is that Luke is looking through this book, making annotations. Right. There's also people making annotations, like Darth Sidious makes annotations. Oh. Mace Windu makes annotations. That's so cool. Asajj Ventress makes uh, makes all kinds of annotations in the Night Sister section. Because I should mention, Asajj Ventress, if you watch the Clone Wars cartoon, she is a Night Sister. Oh, she, she is? She is. She's from Dathomir. Wow. And so. I'm so jealous that Star Wars fans get stuff like that. Yeah. Like, so that's such a neat thing. I got a couple pages here to look at. I can link them. Oh my god, I love the illustrations too. Yeah, there, there's Mother Tal's in there. Oh my god, she looks scary as hell. This book is real, like, rah rah Night Sisters. Well, it would be if it was written by Mother Talzin. It starts, My sisters, the galaxy has taken note of us. The powerful will pay for our service. Our skills are superior, honed on the wild beast of Dathomir. So, you know, pretty cool. She's dissing both the light side and the dark side, the Sith and the Jedi. Yeah. She has to do her own thing. That she mentions how, well, Alia's original words didn't have good or evil in them, but the clans added good and evil. And she says there's no no such thing. No such thing as good or evil. Kind of a fun example here. She says, Is it evil to kill? Would those who answer yes be satisfied if predators starved so grazers could strip the land unopposed only to die amid famine? Is this the bloodless utopia envisioned by the moralistic Jedi? Well, I think the answer to that, Mother Talzin, is that it's all very contextual. It is. But she's saying it pushed to its extremes. Good and evil I get what she's means saying. nothing. I get what she's saying. Right? Mother Talzin and the Night Sisters are actually the only part of all this crap that became canon. I mentioned that a couple really? times. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Witches of Dathomir are not really a thing, but the Night Sisters definitely are because they are a major part of the Clone Wars cartoon. They spend a bunch of time on Dathomir with them. Like I said, Asajj Ventress, if so, she's Count Dooku's apprentice. Yeah. She's this cool, like, white-skinned, bald lady with two lightsabers. She's really scary. Is, is she the one in the um the old like cartoon? Like the Kennedy Tartakovsky yeah, version? Yeah, where yeah. she was like, I am Sith. Yeah, she's cool. She's cool. Yeah. And so she actually returns to Dathomir during the series and becomes an official Night Sister under Mother Talzin. It's also revealed that Darth Maul and his brother Savage Opress are from a subservient clan of Night Brothers. Subservient to the Night Sisters. Yes. Interesting. So then, if Darth Maul and Asajj Ventress got together, like he would be subservient to her. Yep. Interesting. And they're also the sons of Mother Talzin. It directly? Yep. Not just like metaphorically, nope. like my sons and daughters. Nope. She Whoa. she bore them. Yeah, those little horned kids. Dang! Ouch! Can yeah. you imagine? Yeah. I was thinking that <laughs> those horns. I hope they sprouted later. I hope they're kind of like baby deer. There's kind of like little nubs, right? Yeah, yeah. I hope that those are like a sign. You know, those those showed up um, when they reached sexual maturity. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'll talk about Darth Maul in a different episode. He requires an entire episode. Him and his bro. So they're part of canon now. As part of the Star Wars canon. However, the whole Rancor riding thing isn't really part of it anymore. No? Which is is unfortunate. Why? It's cool. Hopefully they'll add it back in. There's nothing in canon that says they didn't ride Rancors. No. It's true. It's true. I mean, they have weird enough stuff on Dathomir in the show. Right, like, like why not? Like, Dathomir's already, like, a wackety smackety place. You got this so. old lady named Old Daka. She's, like, 400 years old, and she raises an army of zombies to fight battle droids. So if it's you would like, have you know, that, then you can definitely ride Rancors. Definitely. Just saying. Yeah. But... The Rancors do add a bit of a goofy layer to this. This is some of the dumbest stuff I've ever read on Wikipedia. Oh, no. About the Dathomir Rancors. Oh, no. Okay. Lay it on me. Okay. So, let's start. 
The rancors of Dathomir were semi-sentient, caring creatures who mourned, who mourned their family members when they died and passed on oral histories of the matriarchal herds into which they were organized. Okay, if you mourn your dead and pass on oral histories, you're not semi-sentient. You, you are, are sentient fully. According to the Rancor's own traditions, the symbiosis between witch and Rancor began when a warrior woman met and healed an injured female. Okay, fair enough. So they were used as mounts, but could also learn to make and use armor and blade weapons. Okay, Rancors? Rancors! Okay. They, how can I put this? They skipped arm day. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, they They're don't- They're long like, arms, but- Yeah, but not, like, terribly buff. So, how are they making- How are they crafting armor and weapons? I... Okay. Can you imagine Rancor, like, swinging a hammer at a forge? Now, see if you believe that more than this next part. In the first years of the New Republic, Tosh, the herd leader of the singing mountain Tosh point oh. Tosh point oh, <laughs> the herd leader of the singing mountain clans clan of Rancors, learned to read and write. No, he did not. She, she. No, she did not. And began to pass on the skill to other Rancors in her group. She. No. Okay. Look at their hands. Those hands are not made to hold writing implements. First off, second be a very off, big pencil, right? I mean, okay. If they had an oral tradition, then I guess theoretically it makes sense that they would be able to learn to read. Yeah. If you have a language and you are sentient, then that's not like a super big jump. Yeah. But how are they writing? How are they writing? They don't even seem like they're built to sit down at a writing desk. The article is quick to mention that Rancors and other parts of the galaxy are not like this. Was it, like, because of their symbiosis with the witches, maybe? That they maybe. became kind of, like, smarter? But I read this, and I was just like, rolling my dang eyes. You're like, there's no way they were, like, writing missives to one another. Being written on, sure. Writing, Can you imagine, like, a rancor, like, sending a postcard or something to another yeah. rancor? Yeah. Being like, the weather is here, wish you were beautiful, lol. <laughs> like... They're really funny. <laughs> they got a, 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 such a sense of humor. The Dathomir Rancor is known for their sense of humor. Yeah. They're dad jokes. Yeah. That kind of puts a stupid note on the end of the Night Sisters. And I made sure to double check. Butch the Rancor Dragon has nothing to do with the Witches of Dathomir. <sighs> then why do they call him a Rancor Dragon? It was a different thing. I don't know. Before the Witches of Dathomir were a thing, Butch was a Rancor Dragon. <laughs> loved like the rancors have all these really like alien sounding names like tosh and stuff and there's one just called butch, butch. <laughs> <laughs> all right so joanna as you can probably figure like the the witches of dathomir have a lot of connections to like wicca and like if you're like a gothy star wars girl that's like your thing that's gonna be your thing oh yeah and so there's tons of these groups online that are role-playing dathomir night sisters okay so these are all like w- like wicca teenagers wicked teens and i found a quiz what kind of witch are you oh can i take it yeah okay give it and to it's me. totally about dathomir I, I bet it is you see uh rancor puppy roaming around your house lost and confused what do you do I call my sisters to control it. I'm too busy to look after a rancor puppy. I eat it. Adopt it. It's obviously a sign that it should be my mount. Chase it away. I don't need that stupid mutt ruining my garden. <laughs> wow. Such crabby suburban ladies yeah. here. Um, I would adopt it. Okay. Obvs. You're the supreme of your clan. After a long reign, your powers are waning, and a new supreme will eventually rise, which will lead to your demise. 
Do you continue to rule for the time being and choose a replacement? Or do you wait a while and find the one whose powers have grown strongest and then exterminate them? This isn't Star Wars. This is American Horror Story. No, no, no. It's it's totally about Star Wars. (laughs) The first one. Okay. Yeah, because they have Supremes. They have Supremes. That was definitely something that was mentioned. Who will be the next Supreme? Your fellow Dathomir witch has gone drunk with power. You join her, because so, together you can be unstoppable. Smack some sense into her. Get the clan together. Bind her. Make sure everyone is protected, or stop her at all costs. Get the clan together and have, like, an intervention. Okay. How do you handle persecution? I use a spell to change their minds. I handle it well. I could care less what a bunch of bigots have to say. Uh, I pay them no mind. I eradicate them. Jeez. Um, is there an option for my feelings are a little bit hurt, but I know there's nothing I can do about it? Yeah. No, there's not. Okay, just uh, pick the closest to that. <laughs> do you like creepy things? Yes! I like things that are creepy. Creepy? It's so creepy. Okay. How do you handle spirits? I banish them quickly. I work with them. I enslave them. Or I make them pass the other side. Oh my god, I work with them. I love ghosts. Even the spirit icor of Dathomir? Yeah, I love it. Okay. It's my friend. So let's see, your witch type. The witch of Dathomir that you would be is a traditional witch of Dathomir. Traditional, huh? On the outside, you may seem like a night sister, but that can't be further from the truth. Oh. You're a force to be reckoned with, because unlike the good or bad witches, you know that force magic isn't one-sided. You're usually more helpful than other other witches of Dathomir. You aren't afraid of getting your hands dirty or bluntly telling off naysayers. That was definitely a quiz about the Witches of Death. I love how mine is like, you're a fake-ass bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Which is true. I am. Yeah. Wow, good quiz. Yeah, that was definitely about the Witches of Dathomir, not uh, like about 15-year-old goths. No, not at all. Yeah. Cool, Ryan. Nice quiz. Sure, thanks. Awesome. Well, I unfortunately have to get going to a massage, so we got to sign off now. Yeah. But uh, check us out on Facebook and on Twitter at What's Lightsaber's Precious. Just search us. We'll come up. You can also see our website at www.whatslightsabersprecious.com. And you can email us at whatslightsabersprecious at gmail.com. Good. Go put your shoes on. Okay. I'm going to go put my shoes on. Bye. So, yeah. It's just me now. Joanna's gone. Thank God. If you want to rate us up on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, as it's called, or SoundCloud or whatever, just, you know, rate us up. Give us a rating. And if you do, I've offered this twice now. You bounty hunters up and take me up in my call for arms. But if you write a review or give us a rating, let me know. And we'll do something special for you, like a message from producer Gollum or a gonk song or maybe something else. So just let me know. And we will big you up on the show. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye, Joanna. Bye, Ryan. See ya. The cat got out the hallway. Crap. We'll get him.